plenty of people associate with Jesus, but very few keep their steps at a pace where they can truly follow him. And he is not someone that you want to follow halfway with mediocre attempts. If you've been following Jesus at a distance, it's time to get a second mile in your spiritual journey. Hey, this is Travis Agnew, and thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus, all the way from Matthew chapter 5, verse 41, where he said, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him for the second mile. See, plenty of people follow Jesus just enough on the first mile, but Jesus isn't someone you want to follow from a distance. You don't want to do discipleship halfway, and that's why going the second mile is so important. And on this first episode of the year 2020, which is hard to even say, right? Um, I'm so excited. This is the second year uh, this podcast has been around, started last year, uh, by just wanting to give some people some opportunities just to go uh, over and beyond and just doing the bare minimum and following Jesus. So we had 48 episodes that uh, published last year, uh, took a couple weeks off uh, during Christmas break, and now we're back here on episode number 49, uh, second season of the Second Mile Podcast. And so I am super excited to start this year off on the podcast and super uh, just honored and humbled that you would be listening, uh, whether you're listening through your favorite podcast platform or app, uh, whether you're listening on uh, from my website, which is travisagnew.org, and going through and seeing those uh, posts go up. Uh, typically, these go up on Wednesday mornings, uh, just kind of a midweek way to reflect and to think about some practical ways about how you can go the second mile. When Jesus originally said these words on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he lived as a Jewish man in a time of the Roman Empire, where the Roman Empire had taken over uh, the land, and uh, essentially the Jewish people were upset because it belonged to them. But here were these Roman soldiers and Roman governors and Roman taxes that were uh, really infringing upon their uh, lives and, and their rights, and and just really just day to day activity. And so, what's so unique about what Jesus said was that a Roman soldier could come up to a Jewish man and demand that he would have to take his armor or take his bags or anything that, honestly, he wanted him to take for at least one mile. So if he saw a Jewish guy on the side of the road and he said, I want you to take this stuff for one mile, the Jewish man had to do that. And then Jesus spoke to a bunch of Jewish people and said, hey, if if that guy comes up and asks you to do one, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and do the second. And why would he do that? Because these people hated this whole process. And Jesus was trying to start a new way, a new way of living, a new group of people, a new line of thinking where we're not going to do just the bare minimum of what the law requires or what culture even expects, but we want to be the type of people who go all in and all out because we are not working for approval. We are working from approval. And that's why the second mile is so important because we're realizing this. If we have been loved by Jesus and asked to follow him, why would we want to follow him halfway? So on this 49th episode uh, here in the first or the second season, uh, which will be in the year 2020, as we go through this, I want to talk to you about uh, why mediocre Christianity is an oxymoron. And the reason why I'm wanting to do this, this is going to be kind of more of just a, a few minutes just on the theme of this podcast again. And then uh, starting next week, we're going to get some uh, real practical uh, ways that we talk about how you can go the second mile uh, in your spiritual disciplines, uh, in relationships with your family, uh, I mean, learning different things and doing discipleship and your job and your finances you name it. I've got a good list of different things I want to talk through in the coming weeks. Uh, But honestly, uh, I know that um, I've uh, talked with someone recently who just sort of picked up 
on the podcast a few episodes ago, uh, and I'm not um, you know, thinking that maybe they're going to have to go back and listen to all of them to understand the process, but I kind of just want to give you uh, this idea on this 49th episode about why mediocre Christianity is an oxymoron. And obviously, oxymoron or you know, when you have two words that seemingly like they, they contradict each other, right? And that's why I think that a lot of times, uh, I think Christianity and mediocrity, these words should never be together. And so I think there's a lot of people who would follow Jesus in what a uh, way that I would call mediocre. And that's why I think that mediocre Christianity is an oxymoron. Because if you follow Jesus, if he has truly saved you from your sins, if he has truly changed you by the gospel, redeemed you by his blood, given you a new purpose, then what Titus 2.14 says is that we should be a people who are zealous for good works. And zealous for good works is different than just um, being forced to do good works or being obligated to do good works or being guilted into doing good works. This is zealous. And you go, I was um, lost and now I'm found. I was dead and now I'm alive. I was had no purpose and now I have more than that. I have everything that I could possibly need. And so if, if that's you, if that's where you are today, and if you want to follow Jesus, uh, I don't think you can really do it at a mediocre level. It, it's not. Um, it doesn't work that way because Jesus is too glorious to follow at a distance. When Jesus was on the way to the cross, it uh, has this haunting comment about um, uh, the apostle Peter who was following him and would serve to lead the church after Jesus had ascended into heaven. But on the eve of his crucifixion, it says that Peter followed the whole processional as these people led Jesus to the cross, but it said that he followed him at a distance. And I don't know why, but uh, years ago, I remember reading that phrase and thinking, man, what a description of how much so much of my life has been spent in following Jesus. And yes, I've been following him. Yes, I've been tracking in somewhat the right direction. And yes, I've had good intentions. But I think I've been following him at a distance. I've been following him at a casual pace, uh, mediocre uh, effort. And and really, honestly, um, if, if Jesus is as good as we believe him to be, and if his words and directions are as uh, just glorious as we have seen them to be, then why in the world would we want to follow back and to really sort of rest and, and not go all the way? Uh, I love the way the Apostle Paul put this uh, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, where he said, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do, uh, whatever you speak, whatever your actions are, uh, you want to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you might say, well, I do some pretty just mediocre, mundane things. Uh, there's no way I can do that in the name of the Lord Jesus because what uh, we've been trained to do is to always divorce the areas of that which is sacred and that which is secular. And we go, okay, you know what? These efforts over here, these are sacred, and pastors do this, or missionaries do this, or some people who are serving in ministry, or maybe even you, when you clock in into a ministry position at your church as a volunteer, you say, okay, now I can do this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Can I just tell you, you can do the paperwork at your office in the name of the Lord Jesus. You should parent your children in the name of the Lord Jesus. You should work out conflict in your marriage in the name of the Lord Jesus. You should consider your finances and your hobbies, all those things, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything, every possible, absolute, you name it thing, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then it comes along in verse 23, um, where in Colossians chapter 3, he says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And um, 
What a powerful statement that is to say, you know, whatever you do, don't do it halfway. Work heartily. Why? Because you're working for the Lord and not for men. And this is where I think is, is so weird for me because um, if I'm if I'm going to shoot straight with you, I see this in my life and many other people around me that I feel like that we often give everybody else our best efforts and we give God our leftovers uh, because we, we believe him to be... Um, distant. We believe him to be maybe super gracious so that if we don't do so well, that he's the honestly the most forgiving person in your life. Um, your boss won't be as forgiving. Your professor won't be as forgiving. Uh, your spouse will definitely not be as forgiving, right? Uh, your relationships, different people, they won't be as forgiving, but Jesus will. He'll forgive everything, right? So a lot of times I think we give him the leftovers because we feel like, you know what, is he really close to see what I'm giving? And also, doesn't he understand things? And, and, and I, I learned this early on, right? Because uh, I, I grew up as a church kid, and sometimes you would hear people um, do certain things in church, and and people would always equate it, uh, if they didn't do the best job possible, they would normally say, well, God knows their heart. And a lot of times it would revolve around um, someone who's doing a musical performance or leading or somewhat, and maybe they were singing or playing an instrument, and everybody else in the room thought, wow, that was super painful. Uh, that was not something enjoyable. That was not something I'm looking forward to ever hearing again in my life. And if that's the case, right? Um, so what would people do is if someone was screeching these, uh, trying to hit these high notes that they could not hit or playing really, really uh, poorly, someone would just sort of shrink back and say, well, you know what? God knows your heart. Um, and and here's, here's the difference, right? I, I think that um, we can't equate um, someone's performance with uh, necessarily their dedication. But let's be honest, sometimes people who sing poorly in church should be people who shouldn't be singing because they don't have that natural, natural gift. But sometimes people who mess up in singing or doing something else in church, they mess up not because they don't have the gifts, but honestly, they haven't worked hard on it. I mean, for the singer, would they put the amount of work that they put into that Sunday morning performance that they would do uh, for an audition um, for a school scholarship or a um, some type of show that allows people to sing and have performance in a contest, right? Um, a lot of times I would think through, would I want to get a grade um, when I was going through school if I based it on how diligent I was to study the Word of God, if I studied the textbook at that level, would my professor be pleased with that? Would my grades be something that I would be pleased with as a result? And if the answer to that is no, then what that reveals to me is that sometimes um, I am giving God lesser efforts than what I would give my professors or my employers, my friends, my family, um, you name it, even a hobby. It can be that, that, let's just be honest, how many of us might struggle on a Sunday morning getting to church just on time, right? right? Just like two seconds before the service starts, like that may be difficult. And yet if you look at how early you might show up to your favorite sporting event, there's a reason we have tailgating for a purpose, that sometimes people will be out in the parking lot, in the cold, uh, in the elements for hours ahead of time. Why? Because they love it and they want to be there and they can't wait for it. And yet we struggle not only being on time, but missing part of the service. Why? Because it's just not that important. Uh, we think through of, of the things that we might do financially and how you would want to give the absolute best of your money to be able to get a certain gadget or a certain car or a certain whatever it is that you hold so dear, and yet we want to scrap by and give leftovers to the work of the ministry. And this is what I want to sort of start off at this year just for you thinking through. Um, I don't know what's weird about a podcast like this is 
I don't even know who's listening. I, I don't know what your situation is. I don't know how much diligent of efforts you are in giving Christ. But here's what I want you to do. It's a brand new year, whether you're a resolution person or not. I understand this, that all of us probably could look at our life and say, you know what? Am I offering Jesus the type of devotion that his sacrifice for me deserves? Um, am I, I know you can't do it perfectly, but are you giving him leftovers? Are you giving mediocre attempts? Or are you saying, no, 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 I want to do this all the way? Listen, plenty of people go first mile Christianity. They associate with Jesus. Um, they go through certain steps and processes, and they want to say, look, God, what I've done. I'm not talking about first mile stuff. Plenty of people do that poorly. I'm saying if Jesus has changed your life, are you willing to go the second mile uh, in, in some very apparent and practical but also pertinent areas that you need to go the second mile? Mediocre Christianity is an oxymoron. Jesus did not save us to live a mediocre life to him. Uh, and what oftentimes we call radical Christianity probably honestly is biblical Christianity. And so um, before we start really unpacking and getting specific about areas that you can flesh out how to do more than just the bare minimum, I want you just to really consider the beginning of this year, could you consider going the second mile and following Jesus? Not doing just the bare minimum, but really saying, God, the things that you've given me, the opportunities you provided before me, um, the the things that you've given me to walk before, um, I want to do it in such a way, God, that, that I honor you. Uh, plenty of people do just enough, just walking that first mile, uh, just doing bare minimum, um, checking some boxes, making sure that they can uh, do the things that they need to do. But what I'm talking about here is I'm talking about true, honest, dedicated, devoted, following Jesus discipleship that says he is too great, too glorious to uh, stare at from the cheap seats, uh, to be a back row, to be a uh, casual pace, to be halfway, to be mediocre. Uh, if he has died for me, I want to be like what Titus 2.14 says. I want to be zealous for good works. I don't have to show those good works so that he loves me. I want to show those good works because he loves me. So I want to go all in and all out in my spiritual disciplines. Uh, I want to know him better by studying his word and by praying and fasting and doing the things that I think would, would help me grow in my relationship with him. I don't want to be a good enough husband, just doing the bare minimum to love my wife. Like I want to do uh, what what God's word calls us to do. Like to actually, what would it look like if I were to love her the way that Christ loved the church? I don't want to do parenting halfway where I give them just the bare minimum. Like I want to shepherd them in the ways that have eternal impacts. I don't want to pastor this church uh, in a way that is just halfway. Like I want to really do things his way. And so uh, mediocre Christianity is an oxymoron. Uh, I would love to invite you to follow along with me as we try to do the second mile Christianity, not doing the bare minimum. I hope and pray to see you on the second mile.